Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. I still believe offensively um, we can look like we did a week ago. You know, it's, I mean, uh, two weeks ago as well. So, um, like I told the team, I've been doing this 27 years. I know good teams and I know bad teams. And I, I know that this team has a chance to be pretty darn good. We, we may not look like it right now because we're one and three, but um, you know, it's even like, even like Kevin said to me before the game, you got a really good football team here. So, uh, and they do too. They just were a little bit better than us today. Guys, I um, I might be more worked up this morning after sleeping on that game yesterday mm. than I was right when the game ended during Ventline. You guys are pretty hopped up on, throw that on, on Ventline, so I, I'm excited to hear what this has to be then. When this. did when did Mike become Stuart Smalley? I don't know who who's Stuart Smalley. I don't know who that is. Al Franken, SNL bit, I'm oh, good enough. That's like, that's like 40 years People ago. People yeah. like me. Should have said Al Franken. And I'd be like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah. No, but Stuart, Stuart Smalley was a great was was the great like I, I'm defeated, but I'm not defeated. When did Mike become like I, this? Is not Zimmer. This is the new Mike this year. This is he's listen. Everyone back off the kicker. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. You guys don't see what I see. Maybe we should just get into statements. I'd be like, we should just do it. All right. All right. Every Monday, Mackie and Judd statements things we observed over the weekend. I have a feeling this is going to be Vikings intensive. We'll start with Judd. Okay, well, I guess if Mike's not going to tell the truth, I will. The Vikings bleeped the bed yesterday and suffered a devastating loss to a Browns team that attempted to give them the football game. They had every chance to take the football game from the Browns, mind you, at home, and they were unable to do it after a win against the Seahawks, where we all said, okay, cool, prove it now. Like, go prove it. Three-game homestand. Win all three. No rule against that. You'd be three and two. And at least go into the Carolina game before the bye with an opportunity to build upon that. And if you lose, you're three and three. But yesterday would have been a statement, and the Vikings, and don't tell me Cleveland played well. Cleveland didn't. Baker Mayfield was a mess. He was terrible. Uh, You had an opportunity to get a really important win especially to sort of offset the fact that you had lost the first two games and make people forget about that as much as possible, and you bleeped the bed. Yeah. Um, Let's unpack what Zimmer said there real quick because I get what he's trying to say. They're one in three. They have a positive point differential because they've lost so many close games. Yeah. You know, a missed kick here, uh, a questionably called fumble there. 
and then you know whatever that was yesterday, it was a close game. They they could have won the game, but the NFL is full of close games, and the NFL is full of things that happen late that you need to overcome in some way, right? And the Vikings under Mike Zimmer just don't really do that very often, which is a segue into a visual I'm going to pop up here. Now, this is, before I tell you guys, this is like, I woke up at like 5 o'clock this morning. I asked one of our friends who has access for some All-22, even like I have a lot of takes that I've just been stewing on all morning long here. And I'm going to show you. This is from my raw notes from our friend at Minnesota Researcher, okay? You're getting a glimpse into, like, Mackie's raw show prep notes here, okay? So this is, again, our friend Minnesota Researcher is great at digging through this stuff and uh, doing the legwork here. This is Mike Zimmer's record against teams that finished the season with a winning record. And I'm just going to say for my statement, Mike Zimmer teams wilt and melt against good teams. And I would classify the Browns as a good team. I would classify the Cardinals and that missed kick uh, as a good team, a winning team by the end. So if, if we believe these up, you can update these numbers, by the way, if you believe that the Cardinals and the Browns are going to finish the season with a winning record, then uh, then this jumps even lower for Zimmer. But look at this, okay, for the YouTube audience, and I'll explain it for the audio audience. The best coaches in the NFL are 500 or above, like the Andy Reeds, Bill Belichick, obviously, the Pete Carrolls, the Mike Tomlins, the Sean Paytons, okay? Those guys are above 500 against winning teams. You're not going to win them all, but you're going to win some of them, right? Mike Zimmer is 17-41 and 41 huh. against teams that finish the season with a winning record. Uh, and for people that can see this, going into this season with Kirk Cousins as his quarterback, he was 5-19. and 19. I think you can pretty safely put the Cardinals and the Browns in the winning team. We'll see about the Seahawks. We'll see about the Bengals. Uh, but think about that. 17-41 and 41 against teams that finished the season with a winning record. That's a lower winning percentage since 2014 than Bill O'Brien, who got fired, Jason Garrett, who got fired, Dan Quinn, who got fired, Doug Peterson, Mike McCarthy with the Packers, fired, fired. In fact, he's right down there since 2014 with Jay Gruden. Mike Zimmer and Jay Gruden have the two worst records of coaches that at least coached you know, three years since 2014 against winning teams. What did they both have in common? <laughs> Marvin Lewis. They worked for no. Marvin Lewis. Well, no. What? Guess another one. Kirk Cousins was their starting quarterback oh, okay. for large chunks of that time. <laughs> So Mike Zimmer teams melt and wilt, and whether whether it's a missed kick or whether it's you know just poor late game strategy or a defensive meltdown, they they find new ways you know depending on what the game is. But this thing happens all the time under Mike Zimmer. Yeah, it's it's maddening, and what makes yesterday so perplexing and so frustrating is the fact that again they tried to give you that football game on the road like they gifted you the Kevin Stefanski literally walked across the sideline and gave Mike a big smooch and said I'm going to stop the clock my quarterback's not good but I'm going to have him throw deep and we'll see what happens and that that's what you know if you get your ass whipped it's frustrating, but you see it with your eyes, and you're like, okay, I get that. The playoff game against the 49ers in 2019, the Vikings got their ass kicked. Like, they just got the, in every facet of that game. And and you said to yourself, okay, 
San Francisco, clearly the superior team here. That's tough to watch, but you get it. But try processing that piece of crap yesterday. You're li- you're trying to process something that makes no sense. Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield, who was awful. Stefanski is stopping the clock on purpose, uh, sabotaging himself and his team. I don't get why, but he did. And, and you are in U.S. Bank Stadium, where, by the way, if anything good transpires, the building is going to go crazy. It's going to add, you have a huge home field advantage built in. And you took all of those things and just sort of spit on them and are like, yeah, guess not today. Would you have been able to swallow that loss a little bit easier if it was like a good back and forth game and, you know, Stefanski pulled a, you know, whatever, some great play call out of his hat late in the fourth quarter and the Browns won the game 30 to 27, but the Vikings looked good in another close loss. It would be understandable then. It would be understandable, but... And here's the thing now. They're one and three. And here's the thing that a portion of Vikings Nation is doing that just drives me nuts. Vikings Nation. They go back to week one and say, <laughs> Cincinnati was better than we all thought. That's not as bad a loss. To the chart that you just showed, showing Zimmer's ineptitude and his team's ineptitude against good teams, like that should not be the goal. You know how many good teams we lost to? Dude, like, 100%. since when is that? When, since when, when does a fan look at that and get excited? We love, it's like we're brainwashed to, like, reason and logic our way to, well, things aren't, like, that bad. Like, well, you know, you know, well, the Cincinnati's better than the thought. Well, I mean, this, Adam Thielen was held in the end zone. It's like, okay, <laughs> win the game. Yeah. Win the game. Yes. You play sir. to win the game. The game. All right. Kind of, statement it's kind of funny because I feel like in that last uh, tag team, you, you may, may have stole my statement. But my statement is, instead of arguing about semantics, how about you just win the damn game? How, how about you just win the damn game? Yes, a terrible P.I. call on Eric Hendricks that leads to a Browns touchdown at the end of the first half. A, a soft it call. Happens. It was a bad it call, happens. but it's, it happens. It's football. And then you have another P.I. against Thielen in the end zone, which, by the way, that ball is uncatchable. The P.I., in my opinion, wasn't going to even matter. I know Thielen was interfered with at the last Hail Mary of the game. But guess what? You had every chance to win it. Baker Mayfield stepped out on that field and had the yips the entire game. He could have hit anybody. They gifted you the chance to win, and you still couldn't. Instead of looking at the Bengals game and, oh, a missed kick or the butt was down or there's a P.I., now you're 1-3. It, it doesn't really matter about, about how you lost those games. You are 1-3, and three and you had every right to win those games. And yesterday against Cleveland, the Browns gifted you a game. Baker Mayfield's terrible. I'm sorry, that guy's awful. He was not, he's not the guy that you should be giving a lot of money to. The Browns are a good team. The Browns are really good. And the, they gave every chance for the Vikings to win, and you still couldn't pull it off. So instead of arguing about semantics, just go out and win the damn game. And now you're 1-3. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, the schedule. The schedule doesn't. I mean, the 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 Lions at home are the easiest game on your schedule. I would tread lightly with that one. I would be careful just chalking that up to an automatic win. I agree. Uh, Panthers on the road. You got the Cowboys. The Cowboys offense right now, and Dak Prescott. God, the way he was moving around away from pressure yesterday against that front four of Carolina. Um, there, there's not like a four game respite coming up for you to collect yourself and get all these games back. I'm and just I. Saying. 
I absolutely abhor the whole officiating thing. I, I hate it. The whole, oh, the officials. Can't stand oh. it. Okay, first of all, I'm going to tell you, dirty little secret of this league. If a quarterback has as much time, and Baker had a lot of time on the Kendricks call, the officials start to look in the end zone, and if you grab a guy's belt, you get a flag. So, so here's the thing about that play. Pass rush has to get to him quicker. They didn't. And he had a ton of time, and now they start to look because the defenders get tired and panic. Uh, The other thing is, if you guys recall, shortly before that, there was a call where Mackenzie Alexander broke up a pass, and it was a bang-bang play, and he clearly, he clearly, I think think the ball was tipped, so it couldn't be a P.I. He clearly held the guy before the ball was thrown. They didn't call it. Okay, so let's quit whining and moaning. Today, we are not talking about the... Officials. I thought the officials did a fine job. Yeah, I mean, it was Adam Thielen uh, accosted in the end zone on the final Hail Mary? Maybe. Do they ever call that on a Hail Mary? No. Eric Kendricks, I thought that was a bad call. Like, I'm I'm not going to reason it. I thought it was a bad call. Right. But one bad call shouldn't yeah. derail. It's like, oh, a bad call, and now, now the game is derailed. No, overcome it. Your pass rush, which, I mean, your defense is supposed to be good, folks. It's supposed to be good. You're paying a lot for it now. Your pass rush needs to get to the quarterback because that, that takes that call away. Yeah. So do right. your job. You're right. I'm hot today. This Oh, no. We're just, we're just getting started. <laughs> we're just getting started. Okay. This is, I feel like this is like years of. Like, this game was just, like, the opening of the floodgates for the frustrations that we've had here. So, here's my next statement. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings offense, collectively, and the play calling, I would add, awful against pressure. This, to me, like, there's a lot of things, you know, that you could point to for why the Vikings are 1-3 and three or why the Vikings have largely underachieved during this Mike Zimmer-Kirk Cousins partnership. To me, the biggest, if there was like a pie chart of just the re, like the biggest reasons why this team has underachieved the last four years, the defense has been pretty bad and they've had kicking problems, but the biggest chunk of pie would go to the Vikings' mediocrity when faced with defensive pressure. I'm not talking about like Sunday night football pressure. That's another conversation, too, that also exists. But when the Vikings are pressured, they melt offensively. And other like. Yes, most teams are worse against pressure. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings offense have a much more cliff-like drop when the opposing team puts pressure on them, all right? Mm -hmm. So the offensive line allowed 29 pressures in this game, according to Pro Football Focus, which is awful. Rashad Hill allowed 10. Ole Udo allowed 8. A lot of those were like multiple pressures on the same drop back. So Kirk was pressured on about half of his 41 dropbacks in that game. So when he was clean, when he had a clean pocket, I know this is statistical overload, but when he had a clean pocket on half the throws, 74% completions, 8.5 yards per attempt. MVP, right? And we've known that about him. When the pocket's clean, this dude is one of the most lights-out, accurate passers in the NFL. Absolutely. But when you face guys like Miles Garrett and Aaron Donald and, you know, Daniil Hunter, you know, doing what he's doing to opposing teams, like there's dudes like this everywhere in the NFL. You're not just going to, like Khalil Mack, you're not just going to go into these games. All right, we're playing Miles Garrett today. The expectation is that there's no pressure. You know, if you can get about half the throws with no pressure and then sort of figure out how to be effective on the other half of throws, 
That's the NFL in 2021. But when the Vikings offense was pressured, Kirk Cousins, 32% completions, two yards per attempt. Mm -hmm. That's the game. Like, well, everyone struggles with pressure. Not like that, they don't. Well, and, like, not not like that. And your team is see some somebody, and it might not be Kirk. Somebody has to pay the price for this because they set this in motion. Like they literally went to they went into the building with a gas can and matches. They poured the gas all around. They lit the match. They Rashad walked Hill away. Some on and then they're shocked. The buildings. Bro, how is the building burning down, dude? Well, I mean, like, yeah, this is the we talked about this for a little bit on Ventline yesterday. I'm sure we'll get more into it on Purple Daily. Check out our other daily shows. But like, this is the crossroads that we're always at with this offense, right? Hey, when things are smooth sailing, the scripted plays early on, everything's great. When the offensive line gets protection, everything's great. But you're not going to have everything be great all the time in 2021 NFL. And so you can either for the for the other percentage of plays that are muddy when the opposing team's getting pressure. You have two solutions. You can either focus even more on getting better offensive linemen. I guess there's three solutions. You could move the pocket once in a while schematically. Like, how many times did they just roll out to the right? Probably not often enough yesterday. I'd be curious to see. All right, Miles Garrett is getting pressure on every other snap. Maybe we can roll the pocket away from him and buy Kirk an extra two seconds. Right. What a novel concept, right? Right. But you can either find better offensive linemen by pumping free agency money into that group by being better at drafting, mm-hmm. and or, these don't have to be mutually exclusive, and or you can find a quarterback long-term that's performance doesn't drop off a cliff when guys get into his face. Like, the whole game gets thrown off when Kirk sees pressure. It's like he starts seeing ghosts. He stops throwing the ball down the field as often. I mean, so much so that on the final sequence of the game... When you have eight seconds left and an interception doesn't matter anymore, like you just need to take shots at the end zone. And he's just like immediately in check down mode with eight seconds left because ah, I might not have enough time. It's like, no, dude, just l- literally take the snap and throw the ball up in the air and let Justin Jefferson try to catch it. Mm-hmm. But he starts seeing ghosts. So anyways, the Vikings are so bad when faced with pressure, defensive pressure, quarterback, offensive line, coaching staff, front office, like all of it is a disaster and they have yet to find a fix for it. That goes perfectly into my next statement. And it's very simple. And I don't think anybody, even the Kirk stands, are going to disagree with this one. Vikings final drives make me want to puke. They are the most disgusting, um, already script is written, predictable, cliche that I think we're seeing maybe in football today as far as situation and I wonder what's so going to happen. I wonder if they're going to score. Kirk no, Cousins not. yesterday on that they're fi- gonna miss a kick or something. Yeah. But Kirk Cousins yesterday in in what was just an elongated um uh memory of the drive that he tried to orchestrate against the Titans last year that in the same way didn't work. This one got farther. Kirk Cousins statistics on that final drive, like when we need you, need to be the $35 million guy right now. There is no if, ands, or buts. We need you. Uh, you are the most important person. I know the pressure's bad. I almost don't care at this point. Do Figure what, it out. Do what you got to do to get that touchdown because you have not scored since your first drive. 
uh, three of nine for 28 yards. That's what he was. Three of nine for 28 yards, which included one substantial play. That was the pass to Thielen for 19 yards. But the other two plays were a short pass to K.J. Osborne for three yards and then the uh, check down that you mentioned, Phil, to Tyler Conklin for six yards. Like, this is the Tom Brady, uh, take your pick of clutch quarterback Aaron Rodgers. You know what? Back in the day, for sure, Brett Favre. Don't give, like, when's the last time you heard somebody, an announcer, a fan, your your pet say, don't give Kirk too much time? Like last night, I'm watching that just marvelous, by the way. Love that Patriots-Bucks game. Just in love with it. I just want to hug it. But I'm watching that game, and I'm literally doing the clock math in, in my head to be like, okay, you know, Brady, like if you're the Patriots, you got to milk this clock because you can't give him. And and we joked about this. Uh, I think it was the 2003 game that the Packers beat the Vikings in Lambeau, if I'm not mistaken, or four. But we joked the Vikings scored a touchdown with like 102 left. And I literally said they, they gave Brett too much time. And he went right down the field and scored. This is where you need your guy. And he's checking the passes down. He's three of nine. And, you know, it's not a one-off. It's not a, well, that was an odd day for Kirk. (laughs) It's the expectation. Let's play a clip here. So, Dex, I'll let you fire this. But this is, so to set the scene, they complete that pass to Adam Thielen with 12 seconds left. They're at, like, the 32-yard line. So they, they have 12 seconds left. They're out of timeouts. And they're down by seven. So you've got, to me, you've got three cracks at the end zone. Like, getting the ball from the... From the 32 on a check down to, like, the 25, that's not like, let's say you have a 10% chance to to hit someone in the end zone from the 32. How much do those chances really increase if you gain, like, five yards on a check down? To me, you're you're better off taking, and I'm kind of making the 10% up, but it's probably about a, you know 8 to 10% chance that you hit a receiver in the end zone from 30 yards out in that spot. Brett Favre did it in 2009. Yep. So... Yep. This is Kirk being asked, why did you check down with eight seconds left, down by seven? Why would, like, what was your thought process there? I think it comes down a little bit to just how much time do you have from a pass rush standpoint. How are they playing in terms of how aggressive are they and how soft are they? And, uh, uh, you know, you can't turn the ball over, you know, otherwise you don't have that chance at the end. So you're better off taking as many yards as they'll give you to get yourself into a realistic throw at the end where, you know, would have to go to the end zone. All right. I urge everyone to go back and watch that play if you can. Or go find – I have a screenshot on my Twitter account, just twitter.com slash Phil Mackey. I watched that play, no joke, this morning at like 5 o'clock in the morning. I watched that play about 10 or 12 different times, the check down play. All right? So he's kind of blaming he's, – he's kind of saying like the protection. He's kind of blaming the protection for yeah. that. Yep. There was, there was no pressure on that play. They ran, they ran five routes, they ran four verts down the field, and then they ran Tyler Conklin on sort of an underneath, like, out to the sidelines check down route. There was no pressure on that play. The wide receivers were obviously fairly covered because the Browns are playing prevent defense. But Kirk threw that pass. As he said in the clip, he threw that check down pass to Conklin because he wanted to avoid an interception in that spot. The interception doesn't matter anymore. I don't care if you throw an interception. There's eight seconds left. You're down by seven. I'd rather take two shots into the end zone than move the ball like five yards closer for only one shot into the end zone. So 
You got Kirk, and I'm going to also lump. I'm going to lump uh, Mike Zimmer and Clint Kubiak into this discussion too. Why is somebody not in his ear saying with eight seconds left, "Hey, two shots in the end zone"? Forget about the like. I don't. I don't care if Justin Jefferson's triple teamed. You know, look at the like that Bills hail mary or the uh, the Cardinals hail mary against the the Bills last year, where DeAndre Hopkins is like triple teamed in the end zone. That was from like fifty yards out. He's triple teamed in the end zone. It's like, yeah, the game's on the line. You need to throw that pass to a triple team DeAndre Hopkins and just hope that he catches it. And he did. Throw the ball to Justin Jefferson in the end zone and see what happens. The ga- it doesn't matter if you throw a pick. The game's over anyways. All right. So a- answer me this though. So because I'd like to know. And get into how the synapses in Kirk's brain work, okay? In the fourth quarter, 6-16 left. The Vikings are not moving the ball. We all can see it. They're having problems. I get it. First and 10 at their own 25. What does Kirk do? He throws a pass to Thielen. Deep shot. It gets picked. But I still agreed with the philosophy. I agree. It was Because it's the... That's an acceptable interception in that. Exactly right. Exactly right. So explain. So the quote that we just played, explain it to me, because it's the same, almost damn near ex- ex- same type of deal. Like, why it, are you getting conservative when it matters the most now? Like the clock is running, you're in trouble. You need to go, 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 and you're checking the ball down when you realized. And he talked about it and said we needed to take a shot because you know there had to be a spark, there had to be something. So you made the decision that backfired on you but was the right decision, and then when we're talking about late in the game where you clearly have to go, he's checking it down. Explain that to me. Yeah. I mean, it's a rhetorical question. He's not He's not thinking like the great late game, you know, I mean, Tom Brady is the ultimate. Like, he's thinking about all this stuff, right? The check down on that play, and people are probably going to be like, well, what do you mean? Like, if you throw an interception, the game is over. Well, take two... You have two free shots into the end zone right now, right? And you and you will get you will get a free pass if you throw an interception. This Correct. is the time where you can throw. Like if you throw an interception, people are going to be like, "Well, I mean, at least he at least he tried to win the game, tried to tie the game." You throw a check down on that spot. How are you improving your team's chances to win? Are you telling me the difference between a twenty-five yard shot into the end zone and a thirty-two yard shot in the end zone that there's like a huge percentage difference? Wouldn't you rather have like this is my poker player theory coming back to me you know wouldn't you rather have two shots at the 10 percent than one shot at the 12 percent yep but he's not thinking about that Mike Zimmer's not thinking about that and clearly Clint Kubiak is not thinking about that and when your offensive leaders and your head coach aren't thinking on that level when it comes to game theory and end game strategy how do you expect to be great late in games there's a reason and, and the offensive line is mediocre too we'll throw them in like of course the Vikings are bad late in games because this is the type of thinking that goes on. The second-to-last play also is a great time to take the first of two shots because the referees are more likely to throw a P.I. flag on that one than the last sure. one. So just take a gamble. And you're at home. The fans are going nuts. The referees can be influenced by that. The second-to-last play is a great play. You throw it up to Jefferson. He does some acting. Probably gets mugged, right? They're a lot more likely to take the hanky out there. So yeah, there, there's just there's so many um, frustrating things that go into a loss like that because it was so damn avoidable. Mm-hmm. All right, Declan. All right, my next statement. <laughs> we're, we're all just in the tee box, right? Yeah, now. this is just great. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, my next statement. 
We are tracking towards a blood sacrifice. <laughs> wow. That is my statement. And I know that sounds kind of gruesome, wow. but I was coming up with my statements last night, and I was thinking, well, you know, someone's going to be sacrificed here. We are, we are tracking towards a blood sacrifice. And wow. it's most like, obviously, the three culprits. You know, the three people on trial, if you will, for this blood sacrifice. Is this uh, like the movie The Wicker Man? Have you guys yeah, ever seen the, the original similar. Wicker Man? It is. Or they 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 just it not. ends with they just they just burn a guy yeah. alive. There's that new um, there's that oh, new man. Adam Driver and, and Matt Damon movie coming out about the trial by combat. Like I, I feel like it's going to be similar to that maybe. <laughs> uh, but but I, the, the three guys that obviously come to mind: Spimmer, Zimmer, Spielman, Kirk Cousins. Uh, the quarterback's going to be the most difficult to do a quote-unquote, blood sacrifice for in the middle of the season. But the Vikings are 1-3 and three right now. There's a very good chance, at best, this team's only going to be 2-4 and four at the bye week. Maybe they can get to 500. Maybe they'll go 3-3. Three and three. But if they lose two th- these next two games, someone's getting canned at the bye week. And I don't know if it's the head coach. I think they like Spielman more than they like Mike Zimmer. Judd was talking about that on Ventline. But this defense is terrible. The philosophy isn't working. You can't beat winning teams. We're tracking towards some type of blood sacrifice before the season ends. If they do it at the bye, it's one guy. It's Mike. Rick's not being – if Rick could get fired, but it'll be after the season. They are they can't trade Kirk right now. So, yeah, if, if they're going to do that, if they – and if they lose to Detroit, which I don't think they will, but if, if they do and then they lose to Carolina, it's probably highly likely that they w- would make a change. But Mike is the only choice at the bye week, in my opinion. My sense is that, like, if you polled Vikings fans, I think a lot of people are just done with Mike Zimmer at this point. Um, I think I think a lot of people are starting to come around on Cousins for what he is, which is uh, he's a he's a front running sort of perfect conditions quarterback, and that's not how the NFL works. And you saw it against the Browns yesterday, uh, boys. Let's I know we have more statements. Let's let's do bonus statements. Because I think our guy Randy in Cottage Grove mm. has a dud stable. I don't. I have not looked at his tweets right now. I don't even know if he's okay, but uh, I have gotten the bat signal <laughs> that that our guy Randy in Cottage well, Grove does have some thoughts. He's on not okay. He's never okay. We just hope he's point. alive. Great. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good great. point. So, All right. whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar. Or pie made with fresh, cosmic, crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Hey, you held him at 20 points, man. You gave us a chance at the end. But I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah, so you see, that's 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 what that's what it could have been yesterday, right there. That could have been. Hey, you held them to fourteen points, men. Gave us a chance at the end. Yeah, celebration. Yep. That's what it could have been. Instead, Kirk's uh, play cracked instead of his voice. Yeah. Well, and so did so did Mike Zimmer's. I don't know preparation. Mike Zimmer's uh, late game strategy. Well, um, let's get our guy in here. He is the most loyal and uh, the most, I would say, diligent Vikings fan we know when it comes to studying the film. Pa- passionate. Oh. Uh, passionate, yes. Hardcore. Ran- we, we, we go hard. 
the most go hard Vikings fan <laughs> yes, we he know. Does. He is Randy Vikes sixty nine on Twitter. If you want to follow him, uh, Randy in Cottage Grove. How is that game landing with you today, sir? It's another turd. That's three out of four turds, and yeah. you know, could have been four out of four turds. It's a, it's a stinker. It's a, it's a steamer. It's a steamer and a stinker. Yeah, I think those are probably accurate words to to describe steamer and a stinker. Yeah. It, they're they're circling the drain this uh, this season, uh, and maybe the uh, the whole uh, regime. Well, at the risk of, I don't want to spoil the uh, the upcoming dud stable here, which will will, will no doubt get you. Um, you know, if you were if you were the owner of the team, who are you holding most accountable here? Who Whose job is on the line this week against the Detroit Lions? Uh, a lot of folks, a lot of, but uh, it's a it's a must win for uh, for Zim. You know, I looked, I told him. Oh, is he still there? May not be a head coach again in the NFL. I feel like uh, I feel like the Cottage Grove, the Cottage Grove cell phone or internet gremlins. It feels like he's gone a long way from Randy the here. Randy. Randy, are you still there? Still talking. Randy, is the phone away from your face? It yeah. sounds it sounds like you like have taken four steps back to take another shot. Are you are are you close to the phone? It's on fire. It's here. There he is. You know, get your buns, get your buns down in that seat, Zim. <laughs> He turned into right, Roycey? Are you back? Can you hear us, Randy? Yeah, Randy. I'm Randy. Yeah, but okay. we, All right. we lost you yeah, for a second. You were sort of there. far away from the phone, Randy. Uh, it, I got a speaker phone. Okay, that's probably the problem. Well, whatever you're doing now, just, just, yeah. just keep just doing keep, it. Keep, keep doing it. All right. It, uh, Zim, Zim's seat is hot. He, he's, it's hot, and he's going go, to go to Green Bay. Uh, when, when we give him the ax, he'll end up in Green Bay, and he'll make their D better. That would be a nightmare, wouldn't it? Yeah. That Aaron Rodgers signs a contract extension, Kumbaya and Green Bay, and Mike Zimmer goes and coordinates a Super Bowl. I mean, I don't even want to think about that. I don't want to go down. Well, that better path. start thinking about it because that, that's where this is headed. I mean, this is this whole thing is circling the drain. It's a turd, and and it's a it's a it's it's a steamer. It's a stinker. It's a turd, and 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 they're all they're all everyone. No one should be safe. At this point, at this well, juncture, that's probably a good segue into your. You usually bring a stud stable when they win, and unfortunately, we've only been able to do one of those so far this year. And so, uh, this, if you're ready, Randy, is the Randy in Cottage Grove dud stable from a Week Four loss to the Browns. This is Week Four against the Cleveland Browns. By the way, they're not good. Uh, and Baker's Mayfield is terrible. They only managed 14 points, but I don't even care. Even though you're Mister Mister, uh, you know Mister uh, Beckham Jr. Shut him down, but that doesn't matter because it's a dud stable again. Yeah. We're going to start out with a lot of those fans in there. You, you made a lot of noise the week before. It was, a, it was a little quiet from what I hear. Not as many school chants. And and not as not as much cussing and yelling, just because it's a noon start doesn't mean you get to sit on your hands. If you were at that game yesterday, I'm lumping all of you in with with this first one. Wow! <laughs> get get a little more rowdy. 
show up at the lot a little bit sooner and and and, and you better come and you better bring it next week because it's a must win and if you're at the game i don't care how much you yelled you didn't yell enough you're a dud so you <laughs> so just seventy thousand duds to blame for that not enough shots there. randy that was a problem yeah, not enough you're Jager. Uh, n- 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 number number two number two uh you got oh you got a lot of a lot of looking to do <laughs> I don't know if you're supposed to be within uh, shouting distance of children, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, that was I just want to give you a heads they're, up. They're not in your basement, right, Randy? <laughs> Randy, are you still there? Randy. I'm worried. <laughs> okay. Dude, oh, my God. Okay. How, oh. how do you trigger a welfare check? Oh man, I've checked the Amber Alerts. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> where do you? How, we need a welfare check. Maple Grove, somewhere. I don't know where. <laughs> was that not a little kid? Did you hear? It? Yes, I just heard. Yes. It, but then that was last year, yes. Randy. That was one hundred percent a child. Oh my god, I'm laughing, but I don't know if I, I don't be, be laughing. It's not funny. I don't know if I I'm worried. Be. Oh no, that's just it, Randy. Just the, there's seventy thousand dud fans, and then a child wait, in the background. Wait, wait. Randy, you got us. Yeah, Randy. Randy's Wi-Fi was having some troubles. Oh, is that? No, no, he's oh, on, that, is that it? That okay, was. good. Thanks for the third-person update. Uh, now, now he's on LTE. Is this a little smoother? Uh, yeah, just keep going, yeah. man. Uh, who's number two on your dud stable? <laughs> okay. I don't even want to ask anymore. Are we not going to ask about the kid? No, no we're not. Are we, are we just going to forget there's a child? Uh, my, my brother's kids are, are are at my house. It's fine. Oh, okay. Okay. They're family. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. So I just want to make sure that you don't, you know, push the legal uh, limits here. Where well, they, they've to be. seen it all. They've seen That's the, what I'm these kids about. have. We they've seen us real go real hard, including yesterday. But unlike the fans at the game, they're duds. I like I like Randy referring to himself in the third person more often. I think that should I think that should be a thing. Old Mac yeah, uh, and Randy can. Uh... Excuse me. Do you guys want the rest of the? Oh, table? sorry. Yes. Yep. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, step two, uh, looking looking back at this game, I don't care if we held him to 14 points. I'm going to look at a guy who needs to get his ass on the field, and that's Anthony Barr. Anthony, you want to talk about all the Pro Bowls you've made, how, you, how you're how you chiseled, how you're cut, how you're yoked? I don't care if you have 1% body fat. I'd rather have you be a big, tubby guy who comes out and, and sticks people. Instead, you're sitting and nursing it. Whatever it is you're nursing, put a little Ben Gay on that and get on the field. Anthony, okay. you're a dud. I, it's hard to disagree. It's, at this I was going to say that one's not very accurate. Not wrong. Yeah, what a wuss. Anthony Let's move Barr. over to the offense. This is a guy who had made me sick to my stomach to have to call him a stud last week. Well, I'm glad. I'm, I'm not glad. I'm mad. But it feels it feels correct to put him back where he belongs. Mr. Mr. Uh, Captain Checkdown. Yeah. Captain Kirk, more like more like <laughs> Captain Bozo. He's throwing these little checkers right at the end of the game. The time I don't know if you understand how football works, Kirk. This ain't like baseball where you get till the three outs. When the clock hits triple zeros, it's done. That's the end of the game. So Kirk, throw it deep. Call it audible. If that's what Gary Gary Junior's giving you to, to, to do, call your own shots. You can't win the game, Kirk, if you don't get the rock in the end zone there. I, I hate to break it to you. Three points ain't going to cut it, and a check down ain't going to get it there. Kirk, you're a dud. 
You like that? You like that? And now this is a new one that I'm, I'm doing to really try to motivate everybody. And, and, and hopefully next week we can do it for studs. But there's a new thing called Super Dud. Oh. Super Dud. Wow, and super wow. Stud. The hot route in the Dud stable. All right. Is wow. it sponsored by chance? Is it sponsored? Actually, yeah. The Super Dud is sponsored by PXG, the opposite <laughs> oh. of a dud. If you're into fall golf, PXG Minneapolis is right. here for you. It's a fall golf paradise. Plenty of time to get out over the next six weeks until real winter hits in the Twin Cities. PXG Minneapolis in Southdale Center. And find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. This is the, uh, the, the final dud because I thought about throwing a little shade at some of the other guys. But this is it all goes back to the top. And we got we got a guy who, who p- p- continues to try to coach football like he's, you know, in the AFC in the, the mid you know, mid early nineties, the ground and pound, uh, the, the 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 bozo approach that's, that just says keep the close at the end and then let let captain check down pee down his leg. This is <laughs> this is a guy who has not lived up to the hype, who has not become a head coach who's going to be going down in any kind of a record book, who's a guy who probably won't be head coach again here maybe in a couple of weeks certainly next year and probably never again in the nfl and it's only because he can't reach down and grab a couple right from his cojones and squeeze hard and find a win and that's mike zimmer mike you're a super dud oh there you go oh classic god oh so much to unpack there super dud What did he say that Mike Zimmer has a hard time reaching down and grabbing his cojones? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a visual. Oh, Oh, man. (laughs) Find find me the incorrect statement. I mean, where's Anthony Barr, man? Put a little ice, put a little Ben Gay on that thing and get out there. That is, by this point, a complete mystery. Do we know whether it's family or not? I don't. I, is our friend Randy supposed to be around children? I, I, I feel like we're the only ones who, I, like, we ask a lot of questions. I feel like we should ask I a question feel, here. But he pretty, when we questioned him on what, what, who was the child's voice, he pretty quickly, he didn't stumble or fumble or anything, which I would have, if he was lying or something, I think he would have stumbled. Uh, or he say, oh, my brother. It might have been scripted. It might have been like the first 15 plays. It was scripted. This might be just a don't ask, don't tell policy here. I think we should just not ask too many questions about it. I don't want to be accomplices. Don't, yeah, and, don't ask. Yeah. Yeah, don't step in. Yeah. Don't want to do that, dude. <laughs> don't step in. Don't help. Oh, my God. Uh, all right. You guys have some bonus statements? Yeah, I do. Okay. I know I have at least one more. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. Well, all right. Let's bonus statements here. Presented by Federated. Federated, here's a statement. Federated is great when it comes to risk management and your company. Protecting your bottom line, too, against unforeseen uh, pass rushers like Miles Garrett. You know, you get whatever the business equivalent is, like a fire or something, would be Miles Garrett getting past Rashad Hill. Well, Federated's here to help with those things, and they can help protect your bottom line, protect your employees, and protect your business. Federatedinsurance.com, and remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. How many of you are? I'm going to give you a bonus statement from hindsight, but I now believe it to be correct, and I will say this. I believe the people who are employed to run the Vikings need to be out front on some things because they know far more than we do going into games. Dalvin Cook should not have played on Sunday. Dalvin Cook was clearly hobbled. Uh, He he had a couple of, I thought, 
decent runs, but but he came out. He tweaked the ankle. It was pretty clear early, I think, in the third quarter, came out for a long period of time, then politicked his way back in and had a decent run. But the problem going against a Cleveland defense that's just really good, and I know that the Vikings thought, well, we need Dalvin Cook to play. The problem was it was almost like, well, Dalvin Cook at, you know, 40%, he'll be fu- Well, he wasn't fine. This takes a real risk of of setting him back. And Dalvin Cook, as limited as he was in that game, I don't think helps you. I just don't. I, I mean, the run game was off. Cleveland is good defensively. But the one thing that I liked against Seattle was when Dalvin didn't play, and that was a smart move, he, he couldn't play, was that it was on Kirk's shoulders and, and other guys around him skill position guys did a really nice job but it was on Kirk's shoulders that game to as far as you are the guy and and when Dalvin plays it's almost like this well Dalvin might be the guy too right well yesterday he had no chance to be that guy he shouldn't have played and I think that they actually caused themselves in some ways more problems by trying to play him when he was that far away from being anywhere near full strength yeah can I add sort of a, like a sub-statement underneath yours here? Like, I, I don't want this to be like, maybe this, no, maybe this should be an official statement. I'll say it. It's up to you, man. That's your show. I'll say it. I'll say it. For the majority of the past decade and a half, the Vikings have been way too dependent on star running backs. Mm. And it's been super fun to watch Adrian Peterson and Dalvin Cook. And those guys are, you know, two of the highest paid running backs of their eras and they're both, I mean, Peterson's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and Dalvin Cook, if he can stay healthy enough for like four or five more years, might actually be in that conversation too. He's he's an incredible player. But I just don't think in terms of team success, like when you have to cater that much money and your system and touches to those players, I don't think, I just don't think it's worth all of that attention and all of that catering when running the football isn't what wins you games in the NFL. Now, running the football, this is where people get mixed up, right? Well, look at when you run for 100 yards, a team's record. Well, you take a lead by passing, usually. I mean, it's not that cut and dry, but like teams right. that move the ball in chunks through the air are the teams that have the best records in the NFL. The Bill, this is going back last couple of years, right? Packers, Bills, right. Buccaneers, etc. You run the ball to finish a game in the second half. That's how you get to 100 yards and have a win. But it's like the Vikings have done it opposite for the majority of 15 years, right? It's been pound the rock to set up the offense and ball control. It's like I just feel like you're limiting your upside offensively and as a team when for 15 years you're catered to running backs. Well, and we and and to build off that point, we saw yesterday one thing that they've got to start doing this. There's a very good chance if you throw the ball to Justin Jefferson, he's going to catch it. Um, and, and that's the type of thing, that's where Favre would make guys, because Brett Favre would see that and be like, screw it, we're taking some chances here. Yeah. And guess what? A guy like Jefferson is going to catch, you know, roughly 85 to 90% of those balls. Some might get picked. Some will certainly fall in- incomplete. But we are, I mean, we saw Justin Jefferson again yesterday, there should be a package that they don't talk about like Tice did, but there should be a Jefferson ratio internally to get him the ball. Because look at the plays. And and so the play 
on which I think it was third down, he made a 34-yard catch, I think, and Conklin was called for a hold, is still, in theory, a great play. Like, that play should be run consistently, at least. Not yeah, I would every recommend time, that you don't that you don't hang Tyler Conklin out one on one with Miles Garrett sure. next time you scheme up that play. But maybe, I'm saying maybe a, maybe somebody else. Uh, maybe. But your but your yeah. point but your point about the run game, the Jefferson point builds off of that. Jefferson's the guy that you want to just say, how do we feature him? People made fun of the Randy ratio too, but those Vikings offenses were awesome. Yes. Like they scored a ton of points with the Randy rate. Now, did they jam it to him too often sometimes? And you know, would would he? Were, were they a little bit? I think the Randy ratio was like fifty percent strategy and fifty percent just not wanting him to check out after the first quarter's over. Very much so. So, and they don't have that problem with Thielen or Jefferson. Like those guys right. are, they're not Randy Moss in two thousand three and two thousand four. Yep. So all right, Declan. Uh, yeah, my my bonus statement also from that game is I hate ugly football. That game was so ugly and so many punts and Baker Mayfield with the yips, Kirk not being able to do anything outside of the opening drive. I can't stand boring football. Those were two teams yesterday in terms of expected points added who had negative points. They were not they were it, it was that poor, they played that badly that there should have been negative points for both teams. They are not that was a horrible football game to watch. And and it and it's sad because if the Vikings would have just pulled off all the all the other things that were happening to them, they still could have walked away with the win. And I would probably have a different tune. But in general, that was a boring and sloppy, gross football game. And I am I'm I'm the kid. I want the high scoring. It was fifty one and a half for the over under. I said it would be over on Purple Daily. It wasn't even close. There was twenty one points total. I wanted a more high flying game. I didn't get that. I can't stand watching boring football games. I love that game. I thought it told us so much. I I was so I hate complete incompetence. The Lions next week will be a will be a bad game because it's Probably. the Lions. I actually thought like yes that there there were no style points in that game. There was a lot of things to dissect that were not pretty, but I actually found it really intriguing because this to me was such a telltale game of who are the Vikings and like with Baker. With like Baker, I was excited to see him in person to come up with an opinion of him seeing him from the press box. And my opinion is he's not good. I wouldn't pay him. But I actually found I actually did think that there were a lot of things in yesterday's game that I thought were very intriguing to dissect. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I know exactly what you're saying. But I save my angst for when they're playing incompetent teams or they're incompetent. I would not say that the Vikings were incompetent yesterday. I hear, well, they were incompetent at pass protection. They were incompetent in the final two-minute drill. Right, they but were incompetent used to that, defensively but stopping opposing but, teams. But I also thought, let's see if they can hold their end of the bargain up, and they didn't, which to me which to me is an interesting telltale sign of who this team is. To Declan's general point, like that was a muddy, ugly mm-hmm. football game. I find every Vikings game to be intriguing for one way or another. Like I'm, all, There's always things that just keep me intrigued, even if it's a disaster. But to your general point, if you're just a neutral fan watching football yesterday, Vikings-Browns was like a bad, ugly game. Bucks-Patriots was a was an enthralling, ugly game. Yes. You know? Yeah. And I don't really know how. I guess part of it was storylines and Tom Brady and the rain and Mac Jones and stuff. matchup, yeah. It was great. But that was also, it was back and forth. It was a field goal fest. And 
you know, both teams are trying to capitalize on mistakes, but that was more of like, that was an ugly game, but it was enthralling for three hours. Vikings Browns was like, if you're not, if you're not emotionally attached to Vikings or Browns and you're just watching that game, you're just like looking at your watch thinking, okay, I, <laughs> we gonna, we're, I mean, we're going to, are we going to do it? I bet you of all the noon kickoffs, Vikings Browns least time on red zone, right? It had to be. I, I mean, there's no, basically there was nothing. Yeah. There was a touchdown by the Vikings. There was a touchdown by the Browns. And then there was, okay, let's go to Minnesota where a field goal attempts about to take place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one more here real quick. And then I'll, I'll just, if you guys have another one quick, we can go there too. But uh, once the, here's a statement. Once the scripted plays are done, the Vikings offense falls off a cliff. Yeah. The Vikings offense, two touchdowns in the second half all year, both in week one. They have not scored an offensive touchdown in the last three games. So think about that. I mean, right out of the gate, their first ten plays, bang, bang, bang. It's like it's almost like they scripted them and practiced them and felt very comfortable. And then a good coaching staff in Cleveland, and you, I, I get that Kevin Stefanski didn't have the best day yesterday, but schematically, like they've done a really good job the last two years adjusting, playing defense. Okay, how are we going to get pressure? Here's our adjustment, and then the Vikings just have no counterpunch. There's no, there's it's it's there's no like. Okay, now we felt out their counter, and at halftime we're going to go in and do this. It's like the same problems that they ran into in the second quarter existed in the third quarter yep. and in the fourth quarter with no answer. Yep, and it was frustrating. Yeah, it definitely was. <laughs> Good talk. I'm just <laughs> any other final statements? Yeah, yeah, I got one. <laughs> I got one more. I got one more. That was pretty funny. The Vikings run <laughs> run defense is inexcusably bad. This team is investing a combined $48 million in Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson over five seasons, and they gave up 184 yards a season high on Sunday. They have given up more than 100 yards rushing in every game this year. I believe in two of the four games they have had a guy, a player, a running back run for more than 100 yards against them. And I checked last night after the after all the games, but the late game was done. The Vikings had fallen from, I think, 21st to 25th in the National Football League in run defense. 25th! Don't tell like toll yards. Yes, but yeah. no, it's uh, I, I think I actually looked at average yards per game. But the fact is they are in the bottom half of the league in an area where they're uh, spending extensively to have tried to fix. And I can't tell you how many tweets I saw because I, I uh, wrote a column about this on scorenorth.com. Uh, the defense wasn't the problem today, Judd. It was the offense. The defense was fine. When you have a team that can run against you like Cleveland did, and yes, they are good in the run game, but guess what? You're supposed to go mano a mano, Mike Zimmer defense. You can eat clock, and they did. The time of possession tells a story on the road of how much Cleveland controlled that clock. In playing, and here and here's the damning thing, Kevin Stefanski's team came here and for the most part played a Mike Zimmer game. Everything they did is what Zimmer loves. They ran. They stopped the run. Uh, their quarterback's not not good, in my opinion. But guess what? He's also not paid a ton yet. Yeah. Like everything, the template, the blueprint for what they did was basically it's like Stefanski went into Mike's drawer before he he uh, left for Cleveland, took the folder and said, 
I'll be leaving with this. This is your blueprint. You can come up with your own, Mike. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they're at, they're allowing just under five yards per carry on the season. So on a on a per carry basis, they are twenty eighth in run defense as well. So it's pretty bad. the The Buccaneers two point seven yards a carry allowed. They've allowed a hundred ninety rush yards on the season through four games. Uh, I believe the Patriots That's amazing. Were they at minus two last night? Something like that. I believe on the ground. Right. Yeah. They were negative yards. Mm-hmm. That's nuts, man. I know that. I just don't know what the exact total was. God, the Buccaneers are giving up 47 rush yards per game. Like, most teams are giving up 100, and they're giving up 47 yeah. per But game. how do you get gashed that bad on the ground on the day that Kevin Williams goes into the ring of honor? A man who was part Disrespectful. of the number one run defense, the Williams wall, three consecutive years, and the fourth year, they were second to Green Bay. Big Pat yeah. was there, too, right? Oh, I'm sure he was. I, think he was there, I, think, I love I think, Big. I think both of them were there. I don't know Kevin was being inducted, but I think Pat. Yeah, was I'm also sure Pat there. was. Big Pat. It's embarrassing. How dare you slander the Williams Wall Vikings yeah. defense? Yep. Bes- you besmirch their legacy. I don't even know what besmirch, besmirch means. Say that's a new one. It sounded like the right smear. word to use there. Smear, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a smear. There oh it no, no, you you nailed it. Sky Ma rolled up. <laughs> so, oh, well, and we'll have some takes on other things non-Vikings <laughs> related, right. but. Maybe we do that tomorrow in uh, Who Gets It, Who Doesn't. There's a, there's a Jim Polad series of quotes oh out there God. that needs to be addressed at some point. Oh, my God. But, it, hey, the Twins finished you know 500 in yeah. their last 60 games, so let's pop the champagne. Yeah, Miguel Sano And they was, avoided 90 losses. Miguel Sano was great when it didn't matter anymore, and he's going to lose 30 pounds. Is, God, we are super cynical and salty and today, but how can you not pounds. be? Mm-hmm. How can you not be? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and... and you know, blow sunshine right. and smoke on a on a day like give today me right, after a game like that. Right now, but before we get done, give me a Minnesota sports positive, so that I feel uh, better. The Minnesota the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to be competitive <laughs> right away out of the gate. <laughs> I said, mm-hmm. um, eight home games. Kirill Kaprizov plays tonight. How about that? Kirill Kaprizov makes his preseason debut for the Wild. How about that one? Okay, thank that you. Fine, thank you. I'm better. It's good okay. stuff. The winter, there's some fun stuff to watch with these winter sports teams, starting with these preseason games. So that's a Wolves summer. play preseason game, I believe, at home tonight, if I'm not mistaken, too, as the do Pelicans the Wilds. or something? Yeah, I think it's the Pelicans. Um, also, the Vikings will probably beat the crap out of the Lions this weekend, So, and then they'll be 2-3, and three, and everything will be right with the world again because the Lions are the ultimate elixir. Yeah, that's true. But uh, I don't know, but I would, I don't, that's a game I wouldn't, I wouldn't, completely sleep on that game. That's that's going to be a really interesting game, and there might be some weird vibes in the Vikings locker room right now. But we can talk about all those things on Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. Go check us out, Vikings Ventline, yesterday if uh, if you missed that. This is Mackie and Judd, our other daily show, obviously. And thanks to everyone who helped get us uh, a record number of downloads and uh, YouTube plays in the month of August, Just uh, the month of September, I should say. Been a, been a fun stretch, even though the teams have been crappy. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. I'm Mackie and Judd. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.